Turn to your Bibles to 2 Timothy 2. There's so many stories I could tell, so many things I could say. But I'll tell you a story that I think I've told you before. But it's when Pam and I were coming down here. And we were in a car together and it was one of the coming down times. And it was after we'd accepted the call and she looked at me and she said, do you know what you're doing? (laughs) Which was a very good question. I'd been 22 years in as a youth pastor, traveled the southeast, lived all over the place. And God was, I really seriously never saw the call to be a lead pastor coming, ever, never. And it happened at a moment. And it was as clear as it could ever be. I don't even know that I really had the opportunity to doubt God and kind of be like Jonah and tell him no or Moses and tell him you got the wrong guy. I just said, okay. And I look back at my wife and I said, no, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. The only thing I know to do is youth ministry. And so I think we're supposed to try to run a church like we do a youth ministry. That's why we're the most fun church on planet Earth. Right? I mean, hey. So we walked in and we just tried to let God lead us through godly people and the most important thing, the most important compass, the most important direction, the most important tool that He gives us is His Word. So in 2 Timothy it says this. And I'm going to kind of read the whole passage here just because I think it's neat. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus. This is 1 through 7 of chapter 2 of Timothy 2. The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, He does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you the insights into all of this. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, today is an exciting day for Crossroads, for the Mullins, for me. Because we know that you've called us. We know that you've given us a church to call family. We know that you've given us a mission to be on. Lord, I pray for the days ahead for Crossroads. Days of encouragement, joy, trial, even suffering. It's so good that you work your best in suffering. You do more than we ask or imagine, and you grow this church according to your will and your glory. Lord, we pray as we leave that we would be a phone call away and that we would be an incredible family, friends, loved ones that you've given to us in these days. 
that we wouldn't feel alone, that we would know we're being prayed for, that we would be on this mission to pastor pastors and network churches in a place that's moving faster than anywhere that I've ever been. Knowing, God, it's not my power or Pam's power, it's yours. We trust you here at Crossroads of the Saint. Speak to us through your word. Let us hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So, there was this guy. Some of y'all know him. And when you see him in heaven, you'll get to go see him again and all that good stuff. And you'll share stories. Some of you don't. His name was Buck Carter. Anybody know Buck? (laughs) Yeah. Just an awesome man. And uh, Buck was one of those guys that I don't even know how old he was, maybe 70-something. And I remember seeing him up on the side of a thing looking like a spider monkey up there climbing around, you know, fixing something at the beach when we were doing a mission trip or whatever. And he was just always doing something. Life, you know, having his life safe was not the issue. It was getting the job done, you know. But we were talking and he would, he would call me preacher at the very beginning. And I told him, I said, Buck, I don't want to be your preacher. I want to be your pastor. And it took him a while, and he came up to me one day, and he said, I get it now. You're my pastor. And to me, that was important, and it was an important call for me because I feel like anybody can be a preacher, just honestly. But I feel like to be a pastor, you've got to be a shepherd. You've got to care. You've got to spend time. You've got to do the things. And that was what I felt called to do and called to be. This word, this 2 Timothy 2, 2, I feel like has become a life verse for me. It says this, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. I don't know if you are, are connecting the dots in this passage of Scripture, but this passage of Scripture is really Paul saying to the church, or to Timothy, go and make disciples what he's saying he's saying what you've heard me teach learn those things take those things and go and teach others with it so even they could teach others with it and it goes on and on and do you realize that it was men like timothy that we even as a church exist today if they didn't take the word there if the if the disciples didn't go and 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 be obedient and make other disciples we wouldn't be sitting in this room right now Number one point for my sermon today is this. You have heard me try to teach only the word of God. The scripture, it says, you've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. I might have challenged the way you have been taught forever. And that's okay. One of the things I know we talked about a lot was that you've got to work out of your rest. And that you need to spend time with God in Sabbath and in resting. That you're able to go out from there and work like he wanted you to. We talked about things like invitation and challenge. And we talked about how you invite people into relationship, but you challenge them to do the ministry. You do both of those things. The the word, Jesus called it grace and truth. That you're living in the grace of God, but you're also walking in the truth of God. 
Like just because you love people does not mean the message changes. I don't know if you've noticed that in our culture these days. But there's a lot of Christians that say we love you and and their message is changing. It's not the word of God. And y'all look, we've got to stick to the word of God. As a matter of fact, in some ways, if you if you just get real concrete, yes, we have prayer. Yes, we have um, encouragement from one another, but we have God's word. Do not trade it for anything. And I'm just going to tell you as sweetly as I can, if your lifestyle, if the things you're doing in your life, if the things you are encouraging other people to do in your life go against God's word, listen to me carefully. I'm just going to say it like it is. It is called sin. Okay? Amartya is missing the mark in the Greek New Testament. You do not want to miss the mark. God has made it right here clear for you. Obey his word. There have been times where I've had to come back and maybe even apologize on this stage for misinterpreting something or not getting it exactly right or maybe thinking I was the, the, the exact you know, expert in the field and I, and I just kind of might have missed it a little bit. And that's okay too. And you know what? I'll probably miss it again. But I'll apologize again. Because it's not my word. It's His word. And that's what we need to be about. And so I want to encourage you to take the word of God, memorize the scripture. Yes, memorize it. Put it in your heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. Say it with me. So that I might not sin against you. The word of God is what we need to teach others. Then number two, you teach what I've taught you. Verse 2b. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. Your version probably says men, but it's more like mankind there. It's more like the people of the world teach these truths to everyone. And the reality is this. If you think that you're lighting that light, that little light of mine, to hide under the bushel, no. You want to let it what? Come on, let's shine the light of Jesus. Let's shine the light. You want to be a disciple maker, not because Pastor Robert's been preaching it for 10 years. You want to be a disciple maker because Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple and you should go, yeah, I want to be. Because you want to follow your Savior and your King. So you've heard me try to teach the Word of God. So when I taught you that stuff, guess what? That's not so you can just, you know, get more. That's so you can take that stuff and teach somebody else. That's so when you're at lunch with somebody and they're telling you how tired and weary they are, you can look back at them and say, you know, (coughs) have you ever tried to work out of your rest instead of just crash at the end of the week? What? And you're able to walk them through the principle of resting with God? You teach what I've taught you so that you can make disciples. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people 
who will be able to pass them on to others. Do you see this? You take what you've learned, you learn it, and then you teach it to others so that they can pass it on to others. It keeps going, it multiplies. That's what the church is about. Dawson Trotman wrote the book, Born to be Reproduce. That's what we are. We're born to reproduce. Think about it. Are you just here to exist? You just want to get to a good retirement? You just want to do the deal and then die and somebody bury you in the dirt and you're done? What kind of impact did you make? Did you make an impact for your job, which is great? Did you make an impact in your family or did you make an impact for God? Did you see people become more like what they were designed to be? I have a, I have a friend that, that in the past that um, he goes in and he buys land and he does a lot of work and he fixes it up and he, he sells that land uh, to other people and he gets this incredible joy from this job he has. This thing he has, he, he talks about stewardship. And if you go hang out with him, uh, my son got to hang out with him recently. And he talks all about the stewardship of, of what God has done through land itself. And he, he says this, he says, when I'm out there and doing this, I feel God's pleasure. And I simply want one thing. I want the land that I'm working on to become what God intended for it to be. And it's so neat to watch that. What if we had a life that we went out and did whatever it is that we do? If you're a salesman, you go sell. If you're in the banking industry, you go do that. If you're a teacher, you go teach. Whatever it is that you do, and you want to do it the way God intends for it to be done. You take the things that have been taught to you in the Word of God by the teachers and preachers and pastors and you employ them in your life and you send them out and see what God will do. You need to understand people talk about you. People talk about you in the world and I might run into somebody and they say, oh yeah, I know them. And they do this and they made such a big deal to me. <coughs> or I don't like them, they're hard to work with. Not anybody in here, of course. The things you do matter, right? What are you doing with what you've been given? The Word of God says it like this. To whom much is given, much is required. And finally, I just want to wrap that up in kind of a Part A of the sermon, and then I've got one more thing to say. You've heard me try to teach only the Word of God. You teach what I've taught you so that you can make disciples. And then finally, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus says these words Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am always with you to the end of the age. Folks, we are to leverage everything that we have in our lives 
that we've been given, that we come up with, that we think is ours, that we love to do, that we love to eat, that we just absolutely enjoy part of our life. We leverage everything we have to make disciples. That's what we do. As I look through this crowd of friends, of family, I'm so grateful to God for each one of you. Paul says it like this. I thank God upon every remembrance of you. Pam and I have been walking through a two weeks of maybe even two months of I think the most surreal time in our life. Like we can't put a finger on our emotions. We can't really say how we feel. We, we're not just leaving to go do the next thing or whatever. It just feels different. And I'm, quite honestly, I'll tell you why. Because I don't feel like I'm leaving you. I don't. I feel like the bird that's being pushed out of the nest. Because he's got to learn to fly. You guys have made it easy on me here. I didn't say everything about being here was easy. <laughs> we went through some hard days. But the reason it's great is because I love you and you love me. The tears are tears of joy. The tears are so thankful for each one of you. I have memories at your kitchen tables. Memories on trips together. Where my ankle swelled up from being on a bus too long. <laughs> the joy. Knowing that we're just getting started, church. Knowing that I'm going to be celebrating with you in the days ahead the triumphs for the kingdom that you don't even know are happening yet. And it's going to be amazing what God does. It'll be fun to watch even some of the prayers that I've had for this church that have never come to fruition. It's going to watch. I'm going to be able to watch God do that through you. And it's going to be so exciting. Plus, when you plant Crossroads Community Church in Huntsville, I'll get to be a big part of that. God loves us. God loves you. He loves us. We're on mission together. And I can't tell you how thankful I am that literally the search committee had to change their rules to even look at my resume. But I'm so thankful they did. And I'm speaking on behalf of Pam and I and our boys and our girls. The Mullins love Crossroads. Love you very much. Thank you, God.
Let me pray. Let me pray for God's favor and His protection. Let's leave our eyes open. Oh, Holy Father, how would be your name, oh God? You are mighty. You are amazing and loving. So big, but you're so small that you care about each one of us and our hearts and the stuff in our life. God, we pray for a kingdom breakthrough right here at Crossroads. We pray for the, you to do revival here in an incredible way that there's just not enough room in this, in this thing. They've got to figure out how to make it bigger. Pray for revival in Huntsville where you call me and a lot of the people in this room are going to help on that mission. God, you're called us to forgive and there's so many things over the years that might have hurt feelings or those sorts of things and Lord I ask for forgiveness from anyone that I've offended or upset and I just pray that I would forgive Lord I thank you for your guidance you tell us to go and we go and we just try to stay in your steps thank you for your protection because the evil one is real and he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And you are victorious in the overcomer. And you are the victor. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for using Mount Hebron Baptist Church West and Crossroads Community Church to grow this youth ministry to a pastor of Thank you for my family. We praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.